want to touch on today is I want to make sure we're talking about goals because again it's super important with goals and talking about how we're finishing out the year uh, what are we setting uh, ourselves up for for the next eight months uh, for the next eight weeks what are we setting ourselves up for when it comes to summer when it comes to the next couple years of our lives which is pretty big when we're talking about colleges we're talking about uh, opportunities so what does that look like the goals of life and you're getting to the point where it's not just goals about school you're talking about goals of life what do you want to do with your life and that's a daunting question it is for even me who's who's older than you but it's a question to think about what are my goals for my life here what are the things I want to accomplish okay um, and so Uh, so, a guy named Karoli Takas, okay, Hungarian pistol shooter, okay, great shooter. This is early 1800s, okay, so, um, excuse me, early 1900s, so being a shooter is a pretty popular thing back then. Obviously in America we got all, you know, basketball, football, baseball, those are the big time sports. Well, back in the early 1900s it was some of these minuscule sports that were uh, known as the, hey, these guys are legends, you know. Karoli Takas is, is a legend in Hungary for his shooting ability. Great shooter. National champion, international champion. Well, in eight, 1938, he's doing a military mission. He's doing his some of his duties for his country. Grenade blows up in his right hand. Oh, Blows up in his right hand. That's his shooting hand. He's a world champion shooter. World champion blows up in his right hand. He goes to the hospital, he's in there for a month, and he's kind of playing the pity card. And this sucks. Well, why, why me? Why my right hand? Like, this is my shooting hand. And he played this pity party for about a month before realizing, you know what, no one is gonna keep you know, giving me you know, the sympathy treatment. I, I gotta buck up, but I gotta start doing some things to, to accomplish what I wanna accomplish. I gotta get off of this hospital bed and start pursuing some really great things. So he did that. He decided, you know what? I don't got a right hand, but I got a left hand. Yeah. His non-dominant hand. <laughs> Any lefties in the room? All right-handers, okay. Well, I'm left-handed when it comes to sports, but in writing and eating and you know, brushing my teeth, I'm right-handed. Right. So a little ambidextrous, but uh, more or less I'm left-handed. Imagine yourself right now having to switch over permanently to using your left hand to write, to eat, to brush your teeth, to, to do everyday functions with your left hand, your non-dominant hand. Imagine that. That would be pretty, pretty crazy. Like, I don't know if I can do this. This is going to be really, really tough to adjust to in life. And he was like, you know what? Rather than just sit in this hospital bed complaining about my right hand that got blown off with a grenade, my shooting hand, I'm going to learn to become a shooter left-handed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn to do that. And so he would practice. How do I do this? He would practice and practice and practice. He did it secretly because he didn't want news getting out because he was kind of a big time guy. Uh, like I said, shooting a pistol, that type of sport was very big in Hungary. And so he didn't want word to get out that he was trying to accomplish this. But he kept working and working and working. Making his non-dominant hand as dominant as can be. Well, then it comes to the Olympic trials for 1940 because that was his goal originally. He wanted to be in the 1940 Olympics. And all of a sudden when his hand got blown up, he thought that was it, like I'm never going to be in the Olympics. Well, he shows up to the Olympic trials for 1940 in Hungary, and everyone's like, oh, good for him. He actually showed up. This must be really tough for him. Like, yeah, I bet he really wants to get out there and shoot and, 
and I bet you know everyone's giving him some some pats on the back, like thank you, thank you for coming, man. This must be really tough for you. Um, and he goes, well, I'm actually here to beat. What? Your right hand got blown off, dude. What's going on? He competed with his left hand, won, had two gold medals in future Olympics in the 1948 and 1952 Olympics. With his left hand, his non-dominant hand, the only way he accomplished that by was by in that hospital saying, I'm going to accomplish my goals. I still want to be an Olympic champion. I still want to participate for my country in the Olympics. So I'm going to teach myself how to shoot left hand. Pretty, pretty impressive. If he can do that and switch over to his non-dominant hand, what can you do with two, two good hands, with your still dominant hand functioning? Imagine that, with a brain that's functioning with more resources than he ever had to train. Uh, what can you do? But first off, how would you, how would you define what goals are? Okay, how would you define what they are? Because for some, you're crazy if you have goals. Like that, that's crazy. Or they define goals as something that's really, really, really hard to accomplish. Like something that, you know, I, I, this is like I would love to, you know, yeah, I'd love to climb Mount Everest. That's a really goal, a big goal I have, but probably not something I'll ever achieve. How do you define goals? What, what's your perspective? What's your outlook on it? Okay, that ultimately can help you decide whether you're going to pursue those goals or not. Because if you have a belief of, hey, goals help me, then you'll, you'll do that. You'll pursue those. If you have a feeling of goals are something that's negative, that requires work and effort and time and energy and resources, well, then you're already setting yourself up to say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to try to accomplish any goals. So ask yourself, what are goals and how would you define those things, okay? We're going to do a couple situations, all right? I need your, I need your input on it. We're going to do it here. You just play the Mega Powerball, and guess what? You just won. You just won $40 million before we're after taxes. <laughs> after. Okay. You have $40 million in your bank set for you. $40 million. $40 million. Ask, ask yourself. As long as you're in Ohio, that's a true. But with that forty million dollars, what would you like? What would you like your life to look like? What, what would it look like? You got forty to look like compared to three seconds ago when you didn't have forty million dollars. What would it look like? What about um, what would you want to do with your life? What I mean, and I put want and bold there because what would you really your life if all of a sudden you had forty million dollars? Buy a house. You, you do some things with your life, and you probably pursue some things that are pretty, pretty awesome. The things that like I'd always wanted to do this. I'd always want to be this. I'd always want to. Yeah. I'd start setting up uh, stuff for my parents and whatnot because they're the ones who kind of took care of me, obviously. So they'd be my first thing to think about. And so, in order to help the people around you, you, you also you got to be smart with that forty million. Eventually, you got to have some backing, some more backing behind that 40 million. So you probably got to invest a little bit into making sure, hey, I can sustain this support from my family and the people I love for the rest of their lives. So you got to pursue some things. So how would you want your life to look like? What about what would you want to do with your life and work life? How would that look compared to now? How would your work life look to invest in to make you better? What would that look like? Stay working. Stay working. But would you just stay working at it? the same job? Yeah. Or would you pursue some really great things for yourself? Because this is what this is what your, your mind might go to. You might say, you know what, if I have unlimited resources, I know this isn't unlimited, but $40 million uh, is a lot of money, let's be honest with you. So if you had that type of resource, 
available to you, would you not all of a sudden start pursuing some of these great things that you want to accomplish and, and be? You know, I've always wanted to do this. Now I'm going to invest. Uh, I have $40 million to invest to help make this happen, to make this a reality in my life. You, you, your mind goes there, or at least I, I think it would. It would for me. I would start thinking about all the things I want to accomplish and the things I want to do and make myself and make others and help others. But why does it take $40 million for us to start going there with our minds and say, I really want to be this. I really want to accomplish that. But why does it take $40 million for us to, to get that attitude? But why? Actually, I mean, you don't have to ask it anything out loud, but ask yourself, why? Why is that? I don't know why it takes money to all of a sudden make us want to accomplish the things we want to accomplish. Does that mean if we don't ever get $40 million, we're going to stay settling for average? for mediocre, for just, you know what, I guess i got to work this job, I'll never pursue this career. I'm really impassioned about it, but I guess, you know what, I don't have $40 million, so I'm not going to go after it. You know, I'm just going to just work a job just to work a job. I'm never going to go after the things I wanted to go after. But when $40 million comes into play, hey, you know what, I don't have to necessarily worry about money. I'll go pursue this career. I'll go pursue this opportunity because it's something I've always wanted to do. What about this situation? Somebody might be walking into a room, a doctor's office today, saying, hey, you got late stage, stages of cancer, sorry. You got six months to live. So you, you got six months to live. On the other end of the spectrum, you just went from having $40 million to six months to live. Time, time, is, time is pretty definite for you. You only got a finite amount of time to work with here. Six months to live. Now, how would you spend your last days? How would you spend your last days? What would you be doing with those last days? On somebody, would you be saying, "Hey, you know what? I've been focusing on some pretty dumb stuff that I didn't need to spend my time on, that miscellaneous stuff that really was a time waster, but I just kept doing that. Well, now I need to focus on the things that really matter, or the things I really want to accomplish. I want to go see the places I've always wanted to see. Uh, I want to do the things I've always wanted to do. What would matter to you? What would matter to you most? Would it be the the staying up late and just doing nothing?" Or would it be, you know what, maybe I'm going to use my time a little more wisely. I don't want to waste time because I only have six months to live. I only have that finite amount of time. Or what would you want to accomplish? If you were told you have six months to live, you know, six months. And you only have six months to do it in, so you probably got to get to work quickly. You don't have time to waste. You can't say, I'll, I'll wait till next year. I'll wait till it's convenient. I'll wait till I have more of a stable situation. I'll wait for when I think I'm good enough. Okay. Why would we wait for that? We can't. We have six months to live, so we got to accomplish. If we want to accomplish something, we got to go after it. Why does it take this? Why does it take this this six months to live for all of a sudden our focus to be locked in and say, okay, I'm going to go accomplish these things that I've always wanted to pursue? Why does it take that? And why does it take a morbid situation like death to all of a sudden turn our minds around and say, I'm going to accomplish all these great things. I want to pursue this. I want to be really great at X, Y, and Z. But if we don't have this life sentence, we go every day in our lives walking these hallways, walking the world, and just saying, well, I'll do it later. I don't need to worry about getting myself better now. Like, I'll, I'll do it at another time. I don't need to start accomplishing the things I want to accomplish now. I'll do it later. Why does it take a situation like you got six months to live to all of a sudden? Your mind starts going those places. So imagine if we lived our everyday life 
living like we had six months to live or we have $40 million in our bank account. Imagine the, the decisions you would do that would make, the, the, the things you would focus in on with your time, your energy, and money. You would, you would focus in on making yourself a little bit better to engaging your goals and dreams that you've always wanted to accomplish. You wouldn't throw those away. But yet, every day, a lot of people just throw their dreams and goals away because, well, I'll do it some other time. I got plenty of time. I, you know, I'll wait till I get this certain amount of money. Don't wait for that. Don't wait for that. I don't know why that is, but don't wait for that situation to, to come up. You hear a lot of quotes in, in plan is just a wish, and that is so true. The reason why I put that in the center, I want to focus on that one. Because if you don't have a plan, you don't have a strategy to accomplish those goals, to make those dreams become a reality, well, you're going to be left short. You're going to be left struggling. You're going to be like a, uh, you know, if you ever see like a, those little hamsters in, in the mazes where they're like going around and they don't know where they're going, they keep running into walls and butting their heads into walls, that'll be us. If we don't have a plan, we're just going to be going in a maze trying to accomplish your goals, butting heads into walls because we're like, I, I don't know where to go. I'm trying and trying and trying, but I'm not getting anywhere. Plan gets you some places. It allows you to evaluate some things. So how would we do that? I want to tell you how uh, some ways you can do that. First, the 1% rule. This is by the mentality. The 1% rule. And that's going after people who think, hey, I need to take this big giant step forward. Like I need to go from one side of the, the, the peak to the other. Okay, I need to jump over the mountain like uh, you see in some of the movies. Like, uh, G.I. Joe, having had it, um, um, Jumanji had it, Dwayne Rock Johnson, uh, the, the other movie he was in, the, the, the skyscraper one where he jumped from a pier to into the building and it was an impossible jump because somebody did the math and realized that like, if he jumped on the trajectory he was, he would never get there. Uh, but we got to make that jump. We, people think we got to make that big, big jump. We don't. We just got to take a little step. 1%. And you think of 1% is not, not a lot, right? If I added, for those of you who have a job, if you added 1% more to your paycheck, you'd be like, oh, cool, like, this isn't significant. Can you give me 10%? Can you give me 20%? But 1% over time means a whole lot. So, for instance, this is a page I have in my team handbook. They, they all have this. They review this. 72 days, if you got 1% better each day, you would double your skill in whatever area that was. So if your goal was to become a better writer, and you dedicated getting to getting 1% better every single day over the course of 72 days, you would become twice as good a writer than when you first started. Over 72 days, if you just get 1% better every single day for 72 days, you'll double your skill in whatever area you, you're going after. It means you gotta work at it. It means you can't just sit back and I'll, I'll assume I'll get 1% better. You gotta put in the work to get 1% better. Don't, don't disregard that. But, you can double your skill. I mean, if you play the math game over 72 days, it takes everything you got. It takes your physicality. It takes your men it takes a mentality. It takes a spirituality. It takes some some academic work. Okay, it takes effort. It takes dedication just for one percent. But if you strive to get that one percent, telling you your goals are going to start being accomplished because you're going to start taking small steps in the areas you want to go towards. One percent mentality, but you must commit to it. Uh, the biggest part of this, this page is this, this sentence right here. And I wanted it there for a reason. But when you, players, look at it, you must commit to it. You can't just be on and off with getting 1% better. You must, you must commit to it. The other thing that will help you get a little bit better is the growth mindset. You've probably heard of this. Uh, the growth versologist, she went into what does that look like? A growth mindset, just so you know, is a better mindset to have. 
a fixed mindset leads to limited success. So for instance, the, the two mindsets here, this is a, a popular uh, infographic, okay? Growth mindset leads to the desire to learn and therefore the tendency to get better, to accomplish your goals. Whereas a fixed mindset is a leads to desire to look smart and therefore they have the tendency to do these things. They, they want to look smart, but they don't want to put in all the effort that it requires uh, for success. So a growth mindset, they embrace challenge. They embrace it because they know challenges grow them. They get them better. They might fail. It doesn't mean they succeed every time, but they know through that challenge they're going to get better. A fixed mindset, they hate challenges. They hate trying to, to get better through those challenges because they're afraid of failing. And then once they fail, they stop. They don't keep pursuing their goals and their dreams. Okay? They uh, persist. They, growth mindset persists even though tough times will be coming. Growth mindset also it understands that effort is the path to mastery. I like that. Effort is the path to mastery. You can't get anywhere without putting effort in. A fixed mindset sees effort as fruitless behavior. They see effort as, man, this is, I don't want to sweat. You know, you ever see that person like, hey, I can't get these shoes dirty. These are my new, these are my new Air Force Ones. Like, I can't get them dirty. I can't walk in the, in the street with them. Like, they have that fixed mindset of, I, like, if I put effort into moving around in these things, it's going to get dirty. Growth mindset says, hey, you know what? I gotta put effort in because that's what leads to mastering a skill, mastering a certain set of skills. Okay? And they learn from criticism. Growth mindset uses criticism to make them better. It's not easy to hear. I get it. It's not easy to hear, but it makes you better. And ultimately, as a result, you have higher achievement. You have higher results. You accomplish your goals by sticking to the growth mindset. Okay? The other thing uh, that I think that will help you is having repeated actions and behavior. Ken Griffey Jr. Probably one of my favorite baseball players, maybe not the favorite. He's known for his smooth left-handed swing that is beautiful, and he's hit lots of home runs in his day. Okay, the only reason he had success was as a baseball hitter, he repeated his actions over and over and over and over and over a couple thousand more times. Okay, did he hit a home run every single time? No, no, he didn't. But he hit a lot of them. And the only way he could hit a lot of them was by repeating his actions over and over again. So if you're going to accomplish your goals, you got to repeat those good actions over and over and over and over again. you got to be consistent with it. If you aren't consistent with it, you're going to end up with more failures, more strikeouts than home runs. Okay? It's not a guarantee that you hit the home run. Sometimes you might hit a double. Sometimes you might hit a triple. Sometimes you might hit it against the wall. But you're going to put a good, uh, you have a good chance of doing something really positive and accomplishing your goals. So make sure when you're accomplishing your goals that your actions and behaviors are repeated. Okay? We also have to have habits. Okay? James Clear, I have an excerpt of, it, uh, excerpt of this book on habits. Sometimes you think of just habits being habits. What about, what about atomic habits? Habits that are very uh, fine-tuned. And habits ultimately guide us to accomplishing our goals. If our habits are on point, our goals are going to be reached. Again, are your habits of today on par with the dreams you have for tomorrow? If they are, you're going to get there. If they aren't, plain and simple, you won't. He had two good quotes I wanted to read you here. You do not rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. You don't rise to your goals, you fall and accomplish whatever you put your effort into. That's what the Navy SEALs, they have a similar quote. You know, you don't rise to the, the challenge or the, the trial, you fall to the level of your training. Whatever your level of training is, if you train at 50%, well, that's what you're going to have when you play, when you, when you have to perform. Or every action, I like this one, every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs, but as votes build up, 
so does the evidence of your new identity. Every time you do something, you're putting a vote towards something. Is your votes going toward a bad habit that's going to detract from your ultimate goals, or are they helping your habits? Think about that. Habits are key. Marginal gains. This is the guy here. Okay, I'm going to point out in just a second who kind of is the, the forefront guy. He decided was when he took over the uh, Great, Brit Great British Great British cycling program in 2003 was, hey, we're going to look at everything and try to get a little bit better, 1% better each of those things. A, a cyclist program. Now, the Great Britain cycling program was horrible. They were not good at all. No, no, no evidence of championships or medals in the Olympics at all. So he went through and he uncovered everything they did, not just cycling, but he looked at um, what kind of beds are we sleeping on? Because can we get a little bit better at our rest and recovery by sleeping on good beds? What do we wash our hands with? Because just stuff we put on our hands, does that affect our body and the way we perform? Not just bike stuff, but everything. They looked at every little possible way they could get a marginal gain in an area to accomplish their goals of being an elite uh, cycling program. They ultimately, they did. Okay, so think about that. Marginal gains are a way to accomplish your goals as well. And ultimately, then progress. Progress. You have to seek progress in order to accomplish your goals. Doesn't mean you take, but am I seeking progress over the course of a period of time? Abraham Lincoln, in 30 years, went from being bankrupt to the President of the United States. Within 30 years. Bankrupt to the President of the United States. In 1831, he failed in his business. He went bankrupt. 1860, elected President of the United States. Progress, seeking to get better over the course of 30 years. It took him 30 years to accomplish that. It didn't take him one, so that's where if you're saying, I want to accomplish my goals in the next three months. Okay, nothing against that, but it might take more time. It's a process. It took him 30 years, but he sought progress over the course of those 30 years to build him up into being the U.S. president. He could have easily gave up and said, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm bankrupt. I got nothing going for me. Could have easily caved in, but he sought progress. Forget about perfection, focus on progression. A lot of times their goal is we focus on being perfect, but what about progress? Imagine if you did this. I thought about this when I was looking into the Great Britain Cycling Program. Imagine if you went and did a deep dive into your life and uncovered and unpacked everything, trying to find ways to get a marginal gain in every area of your life. Imagine if you did that. Like I'm talking everything, not just the surface level stuff. But if you went into everything that you do over the course of a day, how do I get a little bit better in each of these areas? What do I do? What do I place myself around to get a little bit of a gain? Imagine if you did that. Imagine the outcomes you might be able to have. So I thought that was very interesting and it's very beneficial when we're talking about our goals because we got to find those ways to It's saying, hey, I need an app. I need something to help me. And the great thing about our phones and the apps that are out there is there's so many resources available to you that will help you keep on task for your goals and keep you on track and help motivate you and make give you reminders and give you a way to an outlet to put down your goals. I encourage you to use it. Um, if this you find one that works for you, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. There's also, I think, a, a cool channel, um, and we're not going to watch anything from them, but these guys created their brand, essentially, and they call themselves the Goal Guys. Yeah, like the Goal Guys. What does that mean? Well, for instance, I'll just show you their, their, their channel. Um, not going into any videos, but uh, you see here uh, they have a variety of videos that focus on goals and how to accomplish them. And you're like, well, what types of goals? Well, for instance, how can butter and bacon help you lose fat? What? They, 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 they did, they, that was a goal to figure out how this would help them lose fat. So they did a 60-day thing and they followed. 
they, they document it so you can see it, how it works. Um, I tried to learn a backflip in 30 days. This is how it went. They set a goal. I'm going to learn how to learn how to do a backflip. And they, that was a goal. And so they document of how they did, went about that, the progress that they made, the, the strategies that they implemented. Very interesting stuff. And it kind of shows you there's a wide variety of ways to accomplish some goals. So I thought this was very interesting. The goal guys, check them out. And you might you might be interested. You like might like some of their stuff. Okay. Um, I tried to write a movie script in three days. So that was a goal. And how did how did that happen? Interesting stuff. That again, you can accomplish a lot of things if you just allow yourself to do that. Now, one thing you have to do is I want you to understand this. You might have heard this before, but then we're going to put you in situations where you have to figure these things out. Okay. And implement. Lamar. DJ Collin, I like that. Okay, your goals need to be smart. Your goals need to be on point. They need to have a formula. Okay, um, sometimes they need to have some some structure to them. So what does smart look like? Okay, that means they're smart. They're specific. They're clearly defined. They're identifiable. Okay, if you look at if someone writes a goal, you should be able to clearly see what your goal exactly is. So that's where you ask the questions: the who, the what, the where, the when, the how. Okay, it is very specific. It's not vague. Vague goals don't really get accomplished. They kind of just get written down and they look cool and you never accomplish them. Specific goals do. The goals also have to be measurable. Okay? Track is an easy one. I mean, when you think of, okay, I ran a mile in six minutes and two seconds. I just missed my goal of seconds. I just missed my goal of six minutes. It's measurable. It's clearly you can say I succeeded or I failed. So when your goals you need to find how do I measure success, how do I measure failure. Maybe that's you creating the rubric. Just like teachers give rubrics for assignments, maybe you create your own rubric of what success and failure looks like. Okay? Hey, if, if I succeed, this will happen. If I fail, this will happen. That means now it's measurable. It's something I can look at and identify when I'm accomplishing or working towards my goals. Okay? It also has to be attainable, meaning within reach. So you see the dog trying to reach for the ball, it's having a hard time getting there, it's arms are a little short. Okay, attainable because it's not close enough. Don't disregard this as you can never have goals that are really high. You, you can have some of those, but understand that if all your goals are like at the peak of Mount Everest, well, that's going to be really hard. It's going to aggravate you and you're going to be butting heads after a while. So you need to make sure some of your goals are attainable while challenging, while resisting a little bit. Make sure that, that it's there. Okay? It needs to be relevant. And what relevant means is it needs to be an association with what you're really trying to accomplish. Go back to your one word. What my goal should be uh, in relation to developing myself and others to a certain extent. Relate that to, to yourself. If your goal is to be uh, own a business, well, your goals should match up to that. Uh, your goals shouldn't be uh, against that and you can go the other way. Okay, so what are you trying to do and what are you trying to accomplish? Are they relevant to that? And then finally, it's time-based. Okay, You don't want to punch the clock and get rid of time. It, it has to be time-based. Is it a short-term thing? You know, a couple months. Is it a year-long thing? Is it a five-year goal for yourself? Is it a 10-year goal for yourself? Is it a daily goal? Okay, it's good to have a variety of different time lengths as well. Okay, uh, so maybe you make it a daily goal for yourself to, to do your homework and be in bed by this time. Okay, well, that's a goal for yourself. And that's measurable and specific, and you can attain that. Uh, but make sure you have some time that is, okay, this is how long I'm giving myself. Now understand this as well, maybe you set a goal for yourself for a year from now. I want to accomplish this in a year. But you get to a year and you don't accomplish it. Sad news. But now you realize, okay, I'll set new goals. I'll reevaluate things. I'll, I'll, I'll morph the goal to now saying, okay, in another year, this is what I should accomplish now. Okay, so don't, don't 
create goals just so I can easily attain it. Make sure it has some time to it, but understand if you don't reach it, you just reevaluate and make new ones here. Okay? So you got to I'm going to do this. I'm going to pursue these goals that help get me to where I want to go in life. I'm going to give you two situations here. And we're going to split up into two groups, and you're going to give us smart goals for these people. So pay attention here to these situations because you're going to be working in groups. All right? Situation number one. Situation number one. We got Jonathan. Okay? He's a 10th grader. He wants to pursue a goal and a career in a field of sports medicine. After talking with adults in different areas of sports medicine, talking with adults in different areas of sports medicine, reading information in books and journals, and identifying his strengths and weaknesses, he has narrowed down his choice to physical therapy. Perhaps even owning his own business someday or company someday. During the summer, he plans to volunteer at the physical therapy office close to his home. By the time he is ready to work part time, he will have gained exposure to what the job might be like. And based on this, he has written his goals about what he wants to desire. Group one is going to figure out smart goals for Jonathan. Situa situation number two, got Alexa. Okay. Don't hand on her door, door sweatbands and headband, okay? She, she likes them. She's proud of them. All right? Alexa is a recent high school graduate of Plus School. She wants to pursue a career in social work. She has a passion for helping those in underprivileged situations. During high school, she was busy with her sports teams and worked a, worked a part-time job at a retail store in the summer. She never had much time to gain experience. She also has never been on social media because she doesn't want to be a part of the selfie uh, mirror generation. Okay? Alexa is set to attend Indiana University South Bend and their social work major. She is not sure what she will do once at school since she will not play any sports and will just be a full-time student. Based on this, what smart goals will help guide Alexa to a successful life? All right? Two groups. Two groups. Two groups. One group needs to take scenario A, one group needs to take scenario B, and you need to create SMART goals for that. Okay? thing you both mentioned without necessarily saying specifically is they had, these people had to put themselves in positions to get the experience, right? They, this peop, these people both had to find ways to improve, and in order to accomplish their full-time goal someday, they had to put themselves in places that would grow them and develop them. Think about that. How, is that something you need to do? Probably is, because you just said it for these two people. You don't even know these two people. You would say, hey, you need to go put yourself in places that get you more experience and get you more knowledge and understanding. You just told two people to do that. So now how do we do that in our own lives? If you have certain goals for certain things, you need to look in the mirror and say, what do I need to be doing to get myself more experience and more exposure to these type of things that will help me in the long run? You, you just did that. So think about that moving forward. Good, good goals. Good goals. Now think about how you can do that, obviously, in your own life in the future here. Um, you can take a seat. Just take a seat where you're at. So as we talk about goals, ready for the goals of life. Are you ready for the goals that are coming forward that you've got to start setting? in order to accomplish the things you want to accomplish. Are you ready to sacrifice? Just this, accomplish some things, it, it might take a little bit of sacrifice. You might have to sacrifice some of your free time. You might have to sacrifice some of your paycheck to go towards things that you got to pay for to get you to where you want to go. Are you ready to work harder? Seriously, are you ready to work harder and put in the effort? Or are you willing to put in the average effort to get the average results? And are you ready to do whatever it takes? If you really want to accomplish that, you $40 million in your bank account. you got six months to live. 
Are you willing to then lay it all out there and say, this is really what I really want to do. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. Don't let anything else hold you back. Work always works for you. Whatever goals you want to try to accomplish and, and whatever things you want to, to do with your life, at the end of the day, you put in the work, it always works. It always is going to get you 1% better. It's always going to get you that marginal gain. It's always going to be a growth mindset about finding ways to, to fail and, and challenge myself. Find a way to get 1% better.